Welcome to the Coin World Podcast with your host, Jeff Stark. And as I've said from day one of this show, this is a big tent hobby. There's a lot of room for folks. And Larry Jewett. And learning has been such a tremendous amount of this journey. The Coin World Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Coin World Podcast. I'm Jeff Stark. I'm Larry Jewett, and I know last week, I think I said something about, I know we're going to have some guests coming up here very soon. And it's just like, I looked into my crystal ball, and uh, it, the, it was very clear. It wasn't hazy at all. And we didn't have any situations where we've had in the past, you know, sometimes life gets in the way where a guest has another obligation or something along that line. This time, we put the line in the water, and we actually brought up a live one. So I, I'm really happy about this, and I hope you're going to stick around and look forward to our interview here. That uh, you, you have a long relationship with our guest. I was unaware that uh, you guys go back as far as you do. Yeah, I, uh, I got to meet Ron Jabutsky more than a decade ago. He was involved with, um, I think, the, the first time I heard of him, I didn't know he had been involved at uh, a grading service and and all that. He he reached out to a colleague and said he was going to Paris. He wanted to go uh, to the French Mint and and meet the folks there. And and um, so anyway, he he's he's been involved in World Coins, U.S. Coins, uh, the gamut, and um, he's the president of CAC Grading. So we got to uh, speak with him. The other day, and um, that was a, a really good time. Check in on that organization, see what they're doing, what they're developing, and uh, you got to stay tuned because there's some uh, there's some interesting stuff in the interview. Yeah, and they provided us with a message here that we'd like to share right at the top of the program here, and this is on behalf of CAC Grading. It says you've heard of the CAC sticker but we want to introduce you to CAC Grading. CAC now offers the complete third-party grading experience you're familiar with, but with the utmost integrity. Backed by our superior expertise, we're now grading coins the way they were meant to be graded. It's a little old-fashioned, but the quality of our product will speak for itself. After all, we're here for the future of the hobby. That's why we enlisted 150 leading coin collectors and dealers to be our investors, including 40 from CoinWorld's top 100 most influential people in numismatics. At CAC, we don't expect to be the biggest grading service, but we do expect to have the best product on the market. Get your coins graded with CAC Grading today. For more information about how to submit your coins, visit the website at www.cacgrading.com or you can call them at 757-800-1750. And we'll give you a chance to get that information a little bit later on in today's podcast. Thank you to CAC Grading for stepping up. Well, here we are at the podcast desk because we just finished up yet another issue of the Coin World as we get into Coin World Weekly. And I, I happen to notice that uh, you had a, a couple of good stories in this issue. I want to thank you for your continued editorial participation in that. I was especially intrigued with the coin from Canada. Can you talk a little bit about um, what we're going to see there and uh, kind of give our our listeners a little sneak peek of what you're going to see on the page on page 10? Oh, sure. Um, and, and I will say uh, as much as this week was uh, 
you know, as many as the stories uh, came this week, there's one next week that's really fun that I'm working on right now yet. Uh, but uh, I don't want it's about a horde. Uh, Great Britain, I'll tell you that much. But Ooh. in any event, um, Canada for decades now uh, makes a annual silver dollar. And it's sort of their the cornerstone of their collection every year. It's in years past, they've used it to celebrate different uh, different events, uh, hockey anniversaries, uh, the Macintosh Apple, um, different, uh, you know, provincial anniversaries, all that sort of thing. Uh, it One could really have a lot of fun and focus just on that annual silver dollar and the various versions and put together a nice collection telling the nation's history. Well, this year... They mark the centennial of the Royal Canadian Air Force, and so they reached out to an artist, Jason Bowman, who created a different flight-related dollar in 2009, and, um, you know, so it, it checks the box uh, from, you know, it's aviation related, it's Canada related, it's the annual silver dollar, there's a gold-plated uh, version in the annual silver proof set. Then they also, for many years now, at least a decade, I don't know exactly when, uh, they generally offer a related commemorative coin as well to mark that theme. And so in this case, it's a, I believe, $100 gold coin, proof gold coin with a different design. So, you know, you can you can get the silver dollar, you can get the proof set with the gold plated version, you can get the gold coin, uh, or you can get all three. And uh, it marks the Royal Canadian Air Force anniversary. And I just I found it interesting uh, in the news earlier this week, there was a, a flight disaster in Canada and the news article referenced the involvement of the Royal Canadian Air Force. And I went, aha, I just wrote about that. So uh, it. um it speaks to how widespread the hobby is. And, you know, I said it before, I can sit down and watch Jeopardy. And there's so many things I've learned because of exposure to them through the hobby, through coin collecting. There's a coin that celebrates it uh, or related to the event. And so in this case, Royal Canadian Air Force, uh, for somebody who's an aviation buff or somebody who's looking for Canadian-themed stuff, that's uh, that's the story. Well, yeah, and we always try to stay on top of things. I mean, in in this country, we're expecting the arrival of another commemorative coin coming up very soon, and we're hoping to get representatives uh, to talk about the greatest generation commemorative coin that's going to be coming up in the near future here. So stay tuned to the podcast for that one. So that's just a sampling of what's going on here. A lot of things are happening right here. Want to make sure you stay tuned for our interview with, with Ron Jawulski, who is the uh, president of the CAC grading company. That's coming up here in just a little bit. But as you mentioned, of course, the centennial of the Royal Canadian Air Force happening in 1924. But as we get toward the end of the month of January, there had to be some other events in numismatic history that had a uh, pertinent uh, time that we can revisit at this time. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's so many things that were happening uh, in the hobby. It, it's very uh, it's very tough to, to focus on just one. Uh, the, the, the one that sort of... Um, jumped out to me 
was on January 23rd, 1980. This is this is really more of a a broader anniversary, not just coin related. Uh, that was when gold and silver hit the record highs on the U.S. market at the time. Gold hit $850 an ounce. Silver hit $50.35 an ounce. Now, we know gold has since far surpassed that level. Uh, silver has not yet topped that level. Um, it's gotten close. Boy, I would love to see it go on a run, maybe hit 30 bucks. That would be great. Um, but it's not there. And... Um, but we know that that was such a momentous moment, such such an important moment in the hobby. Uh, so many things got melted because people were turning stuff in, especially if it was silver, because fifty dollars back in nineteen eighty, I don't know what it would be indexed for inflation, but my gosh, probably one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars today at least, I would think. And um, so that's. That's jumped out at me, but I also thought it was interesting that on January 24th, 1848, what happened then? A moment that would change the shape of American history, not just numismatic history. That was when James Wilson Marshall and Peter L. Wimmer discovered gold at Sutter's Lumber Mill on the American River in California. That would spur the California gold rush. The 1849ers, there was a, um, you know, the great um, California gold coin. There's only a couple known, I think, ones in the Smithsonian. Doesn't get much bigger than that. So those those two things jumped out to me. Well, and that's one of those events that just imagine what it would have been like if that hadn't happened. Sometimes we see these historic things and you imagine, what if, what if that hadn't happened? What if the gold had not been discovered? Of course, that wasn't the first time gold was discovered in this country. That was in the 1790s in North Carolina. But the idea that that led to such a boom in the Western expansion and California becoming a state and, and all the things that happened there as the, uh, the, the territorial pioneer gold and all, everything that uh, had a role in our history, that just you, you start to wonder about that. I mean, there's a lot of events that you wonder how the world would be if it didn't happen. And uh, that's one of them right there because of the significant impact that it had, not just numismatically, but on the entire world. And I really think that, I mean, I'm wearing Levi's right now. Would they have been created if that hadn't happened? But, uh, you know, because the, the the place to put the uh, in the pockets and all. So. It's just kind of neat. So, yeah, 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 thanks for that. I'm glad to have that one uh, on our list right here. But, you know, 1986 uh, changed the world, and maybe not to the magnitude of the way that gold was discovered in 1848. But for us numismatically, it's a milestone year, and that's why we're going to turn back the pages of Coin World and go back to what's now, oh, my goodness, that's almost 40 years ago when you stop and think about that. But let's see what we have in 1986 in mind. Oh, yeah. So we're going to the January 29th, 1986 issue of Coin World for this week in Coin World history. Uh, how appropriate that 
an episode of the podcast where we get to talk about coin grading, that coin grading was the main subject of the front page. The headline reads, Poll Seeks Opinion on Annex Grading. Final results to be made available to ANA governors in Salt Lake City. What was happening? Well, CoinWorld conducted a readership poll to determine how many of its readers used the American Numismatic Association Certification Service. That's what Annex stands for. And what their preferences are with regard to proposed changes in grade descriptions used on Annex certificates. Now, uh, for those who don't know, Annex was inaugurated in June 1972 as the world's first service designated specifically to provide an authoritative opinion as to the authenticity of numismatic items. It would grow in 1979, March that year, when Annex began grading U.S. coins for a fee and issuing certificates stating an opinion concerning grade. Uh, this was available to the general public, but ANA members received a discount. Now, one of the most controversial areas of grading at this time um, was the the numeral designations. And in fact, um, as the article relates, many coin dealers and hobbyists back the numbering system. Some dealers and some of the grading services have gone beyond the numbers used by Annex and are using additional numbers. At this time, the story relates, in 1985, MS-64 was, was first used, claiming a new grade was needed because of the vast difference between MS-63 and MS-65 coins, especially in the silver dollar market. I didn't realize, you know, this the Sheldon scale, as we know it, which was developed in 1948, 49, um, it, it didn't have all of these numerical grades. It didn't have MS-68, MS-69, MS-64, MS-62, and all that. So it, it only had four mint state levels um, at, that the ANA only recognized, Annex only recognized four MS grades. And we see how that segment of the market has exploded. Without that growth, you wouldn't have something like uh, NGCX, which goes on a, a 10-point scale, and it relates to all the various uh, MS grades and, and all that. It's very, very fascinating, very interesting to see this and to learn just a little bit more about the development of rate coin grading uh, in 1986, which, as we noted, was uh, a huge year for grading coins in the United States. Indeed. Uh, you know, thinking about that and thinking about the Sheldon scale came 100 years after the uh... After the founding of gold, that's what stuck in my head right off the bat there. But I mean, there's been adaptations and changes in the ways we do things right there. But uh, so that January 29th of 19 or January 22nd, rather, of uh, the uh, at least that's what I have on my screen. I think I may have actually gone back in time a little bit on you right there because the letters were better on January 22nd. So that's where I stepped back to January 22nd here. And we, the one letter that caught my eye was not official set. Okay, what's that? It says, in an ad in the January 1st issue of Coin World, a company offered a 13-piece Olympic set in U.S. Cherrywood case of issue. This ad puzzled me in that all the literature I received from the Mint in selling the U.S. Olympic coin sets, I never saw mentioned the option of purchasing the entire 13-piece set 
in an official case of issue. I have enclosed the ad in question. Several possibilities as to how this could have happened come to mind. Is it possible that the Mint offered this option to overseas customers? Were these perhaps sets are sold as only to selected VIPs? Is this set an aftermarket creation of a dealer? What disturbs me most is the possibility that this was an option that the Mint made available to everyone other than the U.S. market. If it's an aftermarket dealer's creation, then that ad is misleading. Am I mistaken or did I miss something? I await your comments. Well, the comments come from the editor who says the 13 coin set offered is not an official U.S. Mint product, but a set produced by a dealer offering the Olympic coins to the public. The information in the ad that 5,000 sets were authorized means that the firm producing them announced when it offered the sets that it would limit their sales to 5,000 sets. Simple explanation. So again, that letter coming from January of 1986, when things were a little bit different, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Hey, um, now that I've heard the letters, I think it's time to put you to the test. Are you ready? No, never am. Okay, well, that's doesn't matter because we're going to go there anyway. Uh, I thought about last episode, you know, this being a an election year. I, I chose a question related to the presidential election. Specifically, I wanted to know who issued official presidential inaugural medals. These are, uh, note the word official. So um, not just any old random issuer. What makes an inaugural medal official? So what what um, entity or organization is behind that? Do you uh, would you care to answer that? It's a medal. So is that something I mean, I think back to the metal manufacturers. Um, was there an American metal company or something? I wish I had David Alexander here to help me with this, but I'm not real sure. But it had to be, I, I think it was a metal manufacturer and not the mint. So I'm okay. tell you who it's probably not, but I can't tell you who it probably is. Well, um, so this is sort of a tricky question because the the way that the issue is official is that it receives blessing from the president's inauguration committee. And that committee can commission medals from private organizations, uh, private mints, I should say. Uh, I think in years past, they may have even enlisted the U.S. Mint. Um, not 100% sure about that. Uh, but just any old medal is not official. It has to have the stamp of approval from the inaugural committee. That's what makes it. So, um, And that should not be confused with the U.S. Mint medals that uh, the Mint issues after the presidency for each president. Um, so you can go at the, the Mint website right now. I checked this out. Um, they have medals for President Obama, President Trump. Uh, they may have had they may have medals for some earlier ones as well. I didn't dig deeply into this, but these are the um, one and five sixteenth inch bronze medals uh, that traditional size. That's not an official inaugural medal. It might have the date of inauguration on it, uh, but that is part of the U.S. Mint Medal series. The inaugural medals come with the imprimatur, the blessing of the inaugural committee. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. 
interesting. I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm mostly wrong. So I, I, I want another chance. I want, I want something that I can sink my teeth into for next, next episode. Well, how about we? I ask a question that anyone can find hear the answer uh, by listening to the interview with Ron Jabutsky. The question is, how many coins has CAC grading graded this month in January? Where the month's not yet over, but um, he he does give a a number range in the interview. So you'll have to just listen to the interview to find that out. This sounds like a good time to uh, set the listeners on to the uh, the course so that they can find out the information that's available in addition to how many uh, coins have been graded. So now's a good time. Uh, Give a listen to Ron Javuski, who is the president of CAC Grading. To be joined by Ron Jabutsky, who is the president of CAC Grading. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, guys. Well, Ron, first of all, appreciate you spending the time here. We had the opportunity to meet at the Fun Show here recently. But uh, for our listeners who may not know you as the president of CAC Grading, can you give us a little insight, a little background uh, into your numismatic uh, history here? Sure. I started out like everyone else, probably at around 10 years old, going through my uncle's coin collection slash cigar box and started going to local coin shops when I was about 12 and flew to my first major coin show at 15 um, by myself and have been doing coins ever since. I've been involved in another uh, major grading service as a shareholder and a finalizer and now I'm lucky enough to have the opportunity to be president of CAC Grading. What is it about coins that drew your interest? Uh, the history and the designs and getting to understand each minage, how it comes differently and the striking differences, the luster differences. There's so many unique things about coins that it just, you, you, I felt like I would never get enough of it and you could never learn everything that there was to uh, learn about coins. So it's just, I've always been fascinated with it. I think you were fortunate to be on the ground floor for the launch of uh, CAC grading. And uh, so uh, what was that like to find out that we were going to be changing the landscape a little bit when it comes to grading? Well, you know, a lot of people don't know this. After I quit the other company I was affiliated with, I was there for seven years as a finalizer and shareholder. I really didn't want to be a part of another grading service. I was asked numerous times to come to the different grading services. And I said, no, it wasn't for me because I kind of felt like the train left the tracks and the grading wasn't consistent and accurate like it needed to be. And when I talked with John Albanese and he told me that this opportunity was going to be available and it was going to be with people like David Hall and John Albanese and legends and the numismatic community, I said, you know, where do I sign and how do I get involved and when can I do it? I would think, uh, you know, the opportunity and you could probably cast yourself among those as you uh, have made this reputation in the in the grading side of things here. But I want to take you back a little bit uh, now that you're on board with John and with the with the others. There were a lot of questions that we were seeing and you, certainly you were seeing them as well. And so I've got a couple of questions, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you, uh, taking you back to when it was launched. Sure. Um, are CAC and CAC grading the same thing? 
they're the same grading standard and it's applied at both places. It's very consistent, accurate, and it's not market grading. It's the grading that we've all learned as kids growing up when you looked at the photo grade book. And it's basically very technical, accurate, consistent grading. And that's what I love about it. And I think the point was made with John when he announced this, that you're going to have a very fine-tuned grading set. Is that still the case? That is correct. And we have been working on that since we've launched and we're getting it honed in. And we've got people like Bill Wexler that's contributed to it. Uh, Some of the graders here have contributed to it. And we look at that to make sure that our standard stays exactly where it's supposed to stay. Now, after the service was launched, then there was some confusion from some of our readers who who asked this question because they saw the the label on the CAC graded coin. And is, so the question was asked, does CAC grading sticker coins that are already graded? No, there's really no reason for that because it's the same standard by in both places, whether it's stickering or whether it's grading in the holder. So there would be no reason to sticker a coin that we've already graded. It's the same standard, same accurate, consistent standard. I think some of the confusion comes in the label because people see the CAC logo and think it's a sticker on the, but that's actually part of the label. Yeah, it's part of the label. And, you know, we want to be associated with the green bean, as some people call it, or the CAC sticker, because, you know, we're, we both have the same goal and the same standard, and we want people to be aware of that. As a new service, uh, when, when it was launched, and I'm sure this was addressed countless times in the forum, which, by the way, the uh, CAC forum is a great place for information, and just recently was asked, can collectors send their coins directly to CAC grading, or do they have to go through a different process? Well, we're going to roll out in the end of this first quarter a collector's club, so they will be able to join, submit their coins, and when the registry rolls out later in the first quarter, they'll have the registry program, we'll have the collector program, and they'll get to be a part of that. And I wanted to really, we wanted to really open it up to everyone. It was John's vision that, you know, everybody deserves the kind of service and the kind of grading standards that we have. So we're going to roll out the collectors club at the end of the first quarter. That's pretty big news. That's um that's exciting. Now, I I, I want to ask because you mentioned this a little while ago. Sure. Uh, it seems it seems there is a real tug of war between market grading and technical grading. How cognizant is CAC of that when it comes to uh, assigning grades on submissions? We don't we don't take market grading. You know that's not part of our process. It's technically graded grading the coins and accurately and consistently. So. The market grading, they'll grade, we'll take a walker, for example, they'll take a coin that has rub on the breast, rub down the center, and the coin's AU, and they'll call it three or four, and they'll say that it's cabinet friction, but it, but it's wear. And here we call it AU, there's a grade for that, and the market rewards our AU coin. Some of our AU coins are bringing three and four money because they're accurately graded. So we're bringing it back to the way it should be. And another coin that's a great example of this is, you know, the Standing Liberty Quarter, the the rub on the knee, where I was uh, in a conference with David Hall at the fun show, and David brought that up. You know, if there's rub on the knee, how can it be Jim with the rub on the knee like that? It can't. 
So we're grading coins accurately, consistently, and calling coins what they are. And that's the important part for the collector, because what you're doing is preserving the value of the coin. You call it as you see it, rather than what somebody, you know, with a, a different set of subjective views may have on it here. This time, the collector can have confidence that the grade it receives from CAC grading is a real reflection of what the coin quality is. Well, I think part of the the mission and the goal is when we grade a coin, we want to know that whoever ends up with that coin, it's graded correctly, whether it's our neighbor or the postman or whoever it is, we want them to know that that coin is graded accurately and we're not letting the market influence us and having gradeflation and just, you know, basically using the market to increase our profits, we're going to hold the line. And if it costs us business and it costs us money, but we're doing the right thing, that's what CAC rating is about. Well, I think that comes down to the fact you have to look at yourself in the mirror on that. And that's why I just recently saw the fact that uh, the company is built on knowledge, integrity, and responsibility. And I think that transcends over to the customers, the present customers, and the future customers as well. So certainly, that's how John built the business back in 07. And I would have to believe that he's been integral in making sure that's the way it is now. Well, John and I both see the same, th we have the same vision on that. And part of the reason that I wanted to come back and be a finalizer and be part of it is John's vision lines up with mine uh, identical. So if you ask John a question, John will answer it the same way as I will, because we both have the same vision and the vision's about the collector and about the grading the coin right. And, you know, it, it's real easy to work at CAC grading because, you know, any time that you have a, a question, the question is, are you doing the right thing? Are you doing the right thing by the collector, by the coin collecting public? And the answer is yes. So it makes my job super easy. And it sounds like um, that's, how how has that been received by the market then? Well, in January alone, we received over 100,000 coins this month, and January is not over. So the fact that we've received so many coins and people wanting those coins graded accurately tells me that, you know, the market needs this, wants this, and desires this. When and you have that kind of a volume, does that mean that uh, you have to have more people come in and train more people or that type of thing? We've, we've got a lot of graders on staff. John Albanese himself comes down. Uh, Bill Wexler's come down. John Butler's here. I'm here. And we've got some modern graders also. We've got a table full of six modern graders that are qualified. And John's a hands-on teacher. I'm a hands-on teacher. So is John Butler, Bill Wexler. We will take our time with anybody that wants to learn and try to teach them the standard and make sure that they stay online of what the standard is. So all of us want to work with young talent and people that want to learn coins. And it's a learning environment. It's not uh, an environment of how much you can do. It's an environment of let's get it right. So when that comes from the top, we, we get the work done. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a great coin collecting, coin learning environment, grading environment. It's just everybody's wanting to, you know, bring people to the top. Has your move to the presidency that was recently announced, has that changed the amount of time you can spend grading? I grade, you know, at least eight, nine hours a day. I 
also come in on weekends. I like grading coins and it's my favorite thing to do. So I get it done. And if I have to stay late to do the other parts of the job, it's not a problem. Part of the uh, response so far seems to be that uh, collectors like the holders. Can you talk about what makes those special and uh, what process went into developing those? Well, in the beginning, and we're fortunate, we've got 150 shareholders or some of the best and the brightest. And David Hall is one of those shareholders. And he had a conversation with John Albanese and he told John Albanese, you really got to get the holder right. So we worked on that holder and John made sure to get it perfect. There was 16 different examples to get to the holder that you see today. And part of the reason our it took so long to launch CAC is we wanted to get everything right. And we used the best plastic. The The molds are made in the USA. The plastics from the USA, it's the best plastic you can get. Everything is, you know, made in America and it's done the right way. And it took us 16 times to get to what you see today. And David's vision to John was get the holder right. John made sure that he followed through on that. And the holder you got today is you know, the, the end result of that. And, you know, I don't think that uh, for a grading service to come out with a holder like we did, it, it just shows how hard John was willing to work to make sure that David's vision was done the exact right way. And there's a certain level of consistency there that makes it even more important. I mean, the idea that uh, a lot of these subscribers got their sample slabs before they had the opportunity, they had the chance to do the inspection on it. Hopefully nobody had any criticisms of it, but certainly you can start to see that the holders themselves are becoming collectibles as the way it always has been. Yeah, our, our holder is pretty special. It's, uh, you know, you, we really have to give credit to John Albanese and, and David Hall for looking at that. And, you know, John's, this is John's third grading service and it's David Hall's second grading service. So, and it's my second grading service. So you're, you're the second and third time around, you're going to get things right. That makes me wonder, uh, since I'm a world coin guy, you know, you talked about the launch sure. of registry set and uh, collectors club and all that coming up in the first quarter, 2024. Is there any sort of timeline that might look at uh, world coins or is uh, you still, uh, I know you're still focused on us, but is there any possibility we squeak those in? I, I I don't want to give too much away, but I can tell you this, that I love world coins. So um, I think that when the time's right and we have the experts that we need, that will be something that we'll go into. And I think it will be exactly like we did the U.S. It will be the same standard, the same kind of integrity and the same consistency. So if if and when we go into world, it will be a great product. And that certainly just is consistent with it because there was not a rush to get the company launched and there's certainly not going to be a rush to the next steps here. Everything is going to be uh, thought through on this one. Have you, as John and yourself, have you been happy with the reception of CAC grading among the numismatists out there? We have. I mean, the only problem that we've encountered is with the guys that break out coins and they try to get coins and holders that are overgraded, they've basically said they want to boycott us because it's not in their best interest for this to work. And they would like us to not be in the mix. And, you know, 
they've come up to me and asked me, you know, can you loosen up on the standard and you're grading this too tight and that too tight. And I said, the standard's the standard. It's going to stay that way. And it's for the benefit of the collector and people that want coins graded accurately and right. And I think that uh, you're just going to have to understand that that's the way it is. So other than the people that want to boycott us for <laughs> grading coins accurately, everybody else has received it, you know, amazingly. And the fact that the Deloy Hansen crossed some of his barber halves that we displayed at the fun show should show you that, you know, how much faith people have in the company and the product. And I think, yeah. The, uh... Yeah, the the Hanson collection is a great example that there's going to be a far a lot more quality collections start to uh, become housed in CAC grading holders. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I, I can't say I, I can't discuss which coins these are, but I can tell you guys this: last week and a half, three coins were crossed at a value for the three coins was five million dollars worth of coins. Oh. There, so none of so, those were well, mine, by the way. Well, so well, yeah. one of the coins was worth two million, two million plus, and they believe in the CAC product so much that they're crossing two million dollar coins into our holder, and it's pretty incredible. And it's uh, just amazing that I get to see it happen. Awesome. I, I was going to say anecdotally, I seem to recall uh, seeing. Uh, I, a decent response from some of the program guys using bulk subs and all that. Is that, um, is that a fair assessment that there's, that you're, you're getting broad reach because obviously people are submitting uh, a vast numbers of coins for some of these programs and, and using the CAC standard. Is that, am I, am I just blowing smoke or well, am I? Well, part, no, no, you're exactly right. And part of the reason is, by the people using our coins in these programs and for the rare coins, for the modern coins, they're not getting returns because the coins are graded accurately. I know it's a crazy concept to, you know, grade coins accurately, consistent with the the same standard, but the guys selling the coins and the women selling the coins are not getting returns. So they like the fact that they can send the product out, stand behind the product and the customers are happy and they want more. The number one complaint that we're getting is there's not enough product out there. And I assure you, we're working extremely hard to make sure we get product out there to the customers. When 2024 rolled around, uh, we had the opportunity to have you at the fun show down here in Florida, but is there going to be an increased appearance for CAC grading in the uh, major shows upcoming? I mean, obviously last year, trying to get your bearings and everything, uh, there were still opportunities to see and talk to CAC grading representatives. Is 2024 going to be a situation where we'll see you more at shows? You, you will see us more at the shows. I plan on doing Central States. I plan on doing the ANA. There will be other small regional shows that I'll actually go to because I think listening to the collectors and I talked to a lot of the collectors at the fun show and they were very happy and listened to their input. And it was, you know, it, it's really a, a good feeling to see what they're saying about the product, what they like, what they don't like. And, you know, the, the only thing that they didn't like was there wasn't enough of it on the floor and they would like to see more of it out there. All things in time. I, I told them we're working on it every day to get more and more of it out there. Fantastic. That bodes well for 2024. 
Yeah, I think that the uh, future is really bright for CAC. And, you know, having someone like John Albanese, David Hall, John Butler, Bill Wexler, and, you know, Deloy Hansen, these these guys that are all great world-class people that just have a vast, vast knowledge of the industry and want to do the right thing makes it a pretty amazing company and a pretty amazing uh, position for me to just be a part of it. And for the record, CAC is not going anywhere. No. Well, I, except up. Yeah. <laughs> we, we plan on just keep, keep uh, going in the same direction that we've been going and expanding and getting bigger. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking some time to discuss this with us. Uh, you know, the grading is such a, such a, th- important aspect of of the hobby the industry and uh we know you're swamped with work so uh we appreciate getting to hear some of your thoughts on this for the coin world thank thank you guys for having me and i really appreciate it and it was wonderful uh seeing at the fun show and i appreciate your time that was the uh interview with Ron Jabutsky of CAC Grading. Uh, Hopefully you found that as entertaining and informative as we did. Oh, yeah, very definitely so. And uh, it's it's exciting to to be on the ground floor of some of these things that are happening right there. And we appreciate Ron and Brian for uh, allowing us the opportunity here to get us connected on that. We also appreciate the support that they give to Coin World, the Coin World podcast, as a Continue on my message from earlier. Well, in this time, I want to talk a little bit about modern coins. Well, you know, CAC, you're used to seeing the name associated with vintage coins, rightly so, but because that's where they've earned their stripes. Now, CAC is also grading modern coins now and doing so to the same high standard you're accustomed to. That's what we do at CAC. We care about the future of the hobby and are putting our money where our mouth is in that regard. That's why we enlisted 150 leading coin collectors and dealers to be our investors. If you want your coins graded by the best, send them to the best. CAC Grading. For more information about how to submit your coins, visit the website at www.cacgrading.com or give them a call at 757-800- one seven five zero and thanks once again to cac grading absolutely and thank you again for uh listening to this episode we would not be here without you um we uh, get a chance to do this most every week and uh, it brightens our day and is a highlight of the week so thank you so much for listening to the coin world podcast until next time happy collecting Thank you for listening to the Coin World Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next week.